Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just need you in this moment right now in my life to guide my path, to make my thoughts straight, to make my actions righteous, to make my thoughts only on you so that I can do your work for your glory. God, please be with us, not just those who love you, but with those who don't know you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse. Christ is culture. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Anonymous coming to you with another episode of Cross Discourse. And listen, uh, times are times are hard. You know, I don't really know what else to say. You know, uh, people are are stressed out of their mind. People are struggling whether it's uh, with politics or just their everyday lives. Um, people have been inside their homes for an enormous amount of time. If, if you're listening to this in 2021, you know what I mean. If it's another time uh, of year, if it's another time or, or, or place in your life, then it's not exactly the same as how it is right now. But let me just lay it out for you. Uh, people have been since the epidemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it. I'm not an English major, so hey, I can say what I want to say. People have been stuck in their homes, depending on your place in the world. It could be anywhere from nine months to a year uh, or, or maybe shorter, depending on the type of government and the type of people you, you live around. Um, but here in America, it's been about nine months. Things shut down in about March of 2020 and haven't really gotten back on track. And so people are just bottled up and there's a lot of things going on. I've read about a mass shooting recently in Indiana. I've read about, uh, you know, a lady killing her children and herself. Uh, I've read about, you know, tons of things going on. Uh, people committing suicide and things of that nature. But on a more personal level, um, I've had I've had a situation that really uh, made me forced me to kind of be introspective and look at my life and what's going on in my life uh, that has been affected by the past, by things uh, surrounding me. And I think to uh, my childhood and actually the other day, I talked to my oldest friend that I've known since first grade and I asked him to recount for me a situation when I was 10 years old, what happened between my parents uh, that you know caused them to divorce. Now, I can't remember. I don't remember the situation whatsoever, but he sat down with me and he recalled the situation from when we were 10. Now, I'm not going to relay everything word for word what he said but it was traumatizing let me tell you my parents had decided to divorce and they called us in front of them with my friend standing there and they commenced to telling us that they were splitting up 
and they were giving us a choice of who to live with when uh, and about and to make our decision in about 15 minutes. And we had to go back to our room and decide. Um, and, you know, there were some other instances that I started reflecting on, you know, why I am the way I am, why I have these desires that I do. Um, when it wasn't something that I was initially into uh, when I was a kid, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about sexual desires, and um, I used to just always hang out with uh, my friends, my boys, and we used to just party and and, and talk and, and things like that. And I recall a very traumatizing situation where my older brother and my father made fun of me because all I had was male friends. And uh, from that moment, I started to equate manhood with how many girls numbers I could get. And so I commenced from that age on to always reach out to women and try and get their numbers and and um, get with them, so to speak. And that was uh, the beginning of my uh, tendency to want to flirt and, and do things that uh, don't necessarily glorify God. And I have to constantly try and quelch that desire because it's just been with me uh, for most of my life. I think about uh, my own children. I think about how my children um, are going through life. And in this particular situation where they have to be home and they aren't spending much time out of outdoors, you know, um, or with anybody except family. And I looked around my house the other day, and there were all four doors were shut. <laughs> uh, both of my sons were in their bedrooms with their doors closed. My wife was in her room with her doors closed, with her, with our door closed. Excuse me. And I was actually down in the basement or what I consider my man cave with the door shut. And we were all isolated from one another, you know, whether it was we spend too much time or not enough time, whatever it was, we were all isolated. And uh, I reflected on, you know, why sometimes when I look on in social media and I look at my friends and they're they're constantly with their kids and I'm with my I try to get with my kids. And we used to be like that when they were much younger, but it kind of evolved into something that I'm not necessarily pleased with. I try to do family time every weekend, uh, but, you know, I struggle with that. And I look at, you know, what is it about me, you know? And so today's topic is really about the trauma in our lives, uh, how it affects us, how our history affects us, but it does not define us. And I'm not one of those um, people that have great sayings that will come up and give you a quick uh, thing to say uh, and allow you to just take that little nibble and like use it as your mantra for life. No, I'm going to give you Bible scriptures because that's what I do. And so I pray today because the trauma in my life, the history in my life has affected me today. And it's also affected those in my family today. And I'm not going to be too personal. I've already given you enough. But I really, really want you to think of that. And it's it's interesting because I had a couple of friends on social media who posted some Bible scriptures and they're not necessarily they, they might consider themselves Christian. But I know from their actions that they don't necessarily believe and, and stick to God as close as I do. I mean, they're really into you know, a lot of things that don't bring glory to God's name or that might be Smirch's name in general. 
Um, and, you know, but they, you know, a, a lot of people in the African-American community, I do, and I will say this, uh, a lot of them believe that they're Christian. They say, hey, I believe in God. I believe Jesus is my Savior. He died on the cross for my sins. But they continue to sin and they continue to do it in a way that, you know, they think that no matter what, God's just going to keep forgiving me and I'm just going to be able to live my life, be happy and get into heaven. And it's just not the way the Bible is. But uh, someone posted um, someone something. Someone posted something on one of the social medias. I can't remember what it was. And it had a lot of Bible verses that I think kind of help us to study and think about how trauma doesn't have to define us. Trauma doesn't have to um, forge our path for the rest of our lives. And the first Bible verse that I'm going to develop, and it's, these are these are not stories like I normally do or things that we can read and, and get a lot from. Um, these are just verses. Um, so some of them may be taken a little out of context, but it, it helps us to look at the Bible as something that can help us grow, that can help us turn our lives around. So the first verse is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it states this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight and so the the post was you say i can't figure it out but god says i will direct your steps and i think that that verse is very very powerful it allows us to kind of focus on what's really important and that's the mission of god at hand that is making sure that we are trying to do his will his bidding and if we trust in him, if we don't think about what we're going through, but we submit to him and what he tells us to do, then we've already straightened out our path to the point where we don't have to worry about those other things. And I highly encourage you to read uh, more of Proverbs. It is the book of wisdom and the Bible. Um, the next verse, it comes from the book of Matthew um, and it's uh, uh, basically in the post, it says, I'm too tired. That's what you say. I'm too tired. And God says, I will give you rest. And it actually stems from Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And it says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So as we go through the rest of today's topics, I want you to think about those two verses and what they really mean to us. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, and Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Because you say this, but God says that. And if you're focused on God, um, you really don't have to worry about anything else. I uh, will be right back. I have something that was really touching that I heard uh, not too long ago. Um, it's a gospel song uh, sing, sing, sung by a gospel artist, but it was actually created by the Beatles. And if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Here's Hallelujah by Yolanda Adams. I heard there was a secret chord 
that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I know that there's a God above and all I've ever learned from love is how to shoot at someone who outdrew you. It's not a cry you hear at night. It's not someone who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. 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 was uh, really amazing and uh, if you watch the inauguration uh, in the United States uh, during that time it was like a really uh, really good chance to reflect and look at all the things that um, you know have have gone on in the past year and this is why uh, I'm really bringing this up because you know that quote uh, or those quotes those things that go on in our mind really seem to have an effect on us, right? It affects the way we um, go about life. It affects the way we handle challenging situations. It affects the way we, um, um, I don't know, it, it just do things, you know what I mean? Um, and so I look at these quotes, I can't figure it out. God says, I'll direct your steps, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm too tired, I can't go on anymore. God says, I will give you rest, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Um, the next one I want to talk about is uh, something that's really affecting me right now. And it's this mindset that things are impossible. Um, I'm trying to start a business right now. Uh, it's a, a gaming business. Um, I like to or organize parties and, and events and get people out and about and interacting with one another. I do it virtually. Um, as well as in person, uh, games on demand, mobilegamesondemand.com. That's a shout out for anonymous, but um, and I, it's it's hard, right? You know, it, COVID is making it difficult. People aren't really getting out and about. Um, people are uh, hesitant to interact with other people in, in certain ways, and so um, you know, thinking things are impossible is really affecting me right now. And then what we look at what God says, and he says in Luke 18, 27, Jesus says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And I always have to think about that. And I tell my wife this all the time as well, you know, um, 
You know, sometimes we want the quick way. We want the easy way out. We want um, God to do everything for us. Uh, but it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily us who uh, are, are directing things. Right. Sometimes it's really relying on God and, and what God wants, because what man wants sometimes is impossible. But if it's what God wants, nothing is impossible, right? Um, and that's what I look at when I look at Luke eighteen twenty seven. That's not a, a a a verse for me to say, hey, I could do anything because God, you know, if I just call on God, that's not what that verse is saying. Um, and then I'll get to some of the more personal things, things that I've felt in the in the past as well. Nobody loves you, right? People have come up with that one. And God says, I love you. John 3.16 gives the ultimate verse. Everybody should know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Um, you know, everyone knows John 3.16, but it's that image of God loving you so much that he's going to sacrifice his son, that you and him can be reconciled. Um, I just think that's a powerful, powerful um, verse uh, for us to know that there is someone in this world that loves you. And yes, we do sin and we shouldn't be willfully sinning all the time. Sometimes our our flesh really feels like it's alive when we've killed it through baptism and through our belief in God. We've killed it. But sometimes, you know, we're really struggling and we do sin and um, we feel guilty. We feel like um, there's no way to get around the things we've done. Uh, and this goes for people who have murdered in the past and, um, you know, are, are trying to turn their lives around, people who have committed crimes and have gone to jail and done their uh, just due as well. But the Bible says in Romans 8.1, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ, uh, or Christ Jesus, however you want to say it, died for our sins. Um, and through that, through the sacrifice of Jesus, uh, we are living a new life. This is how we are reconciled to God himself. And we should not take that lightly as we go out in the world and want to constantly do the things that we want to do. No, it's not like that. You're living a life through um, the sacrifice of one Jesus. And you shouldn't be just sinning constantly just because you have that freedom to do that. Um, that doesn't show your fruit. That doesn't show you as a Christian and, in fact, uh, shows you as a hypocrite and uh, someone who uh, delights in constantly killing Jesus Christ over and over again. Romans 8.28 goes like this. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose and this is one of those verses that um, really helps me to focus on doing uh, the good works of God because I know that I show my love for him when I'm doing good works um, and it's not how I get into heaven no that's not what this is saying but it says we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him that's you and I if you actually love him um, but you you love him 
um, because he first loved you and you have been called according to his purpose. You are doing his purpose. That's how I'm looking at that verse. Um, and that says that everything that you do when you make those sacrifices in life, um, it's all going to be worth it. You might not think it's worth it, but God is saying it is all going to be worth it because it is all for the good of you who love him and who have been called according to his purpose, not your own. All right. Um, and I'm just reading these because I think this is a, one of those times where we really need to reflect on our lives. Uh, we really need to think about um, just what what we are doing. Right. This is a good time to do it if you're home and you're working and you're taking a break to listen to my podcast or if you're home and you just need somebody to just talk to you. It's working. It's working. This is a great time for you to just look at these Bible verses and pray, pray earnestly, pray to the, the, the father and just ask him to just be with you because it's a hard time. It's a really, really, really hard time. What if you think you're not smart enough? Right. What if you think you're you can't do it because you don't have any knowledge? Well, first Corinthians one verse 30 says this. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. Um, so, you know, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who now has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. So, you know, sometimes we think that we can't do it because we don't have it, like that je ne sais quoi. We don't have it. But in reality, Jesus has done it for us, and he can become that wisdom from God that directs our path. He can become that, that wisdom from God that allows us to live a righteous life, a holy life, and a redemptive life. And it's not necessarily earthly wisdom. It is heavenly wisdom. It is wisdom. It is the things that you ought to be doing, not the things that you want to be doing, that you think you need to know. Um, that's that verse, uh, which is 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Now I'm going to the book of 2 Corinthians. There's a couple of verses in 2 Corinthians. Um, and 2 Corinthians 9 8 says and god is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work now i know a lot of prosperity preachers might use this one a lot i know a lot of people who read this might think oh i'm going to be blessed abundantly um and i'm going to have everything no matter what well this is saying that you are going to be blessed yes but it's not necessarily the blessings that you think of, of monetary or the resources that you need no this is going to be the blessings that you need to be able to do the good works of god read that last verse again that last part of that verse you will abound in every good work um and so it's not that you're just going to be a blessed abundantly with all that you want the house the car the all that things no this is going to be that you're going to have everything you need and you're going to be prepared so that when you need to do that good work God has set before you, you are able to do it. And I want you to also think in this particular verse, I don't want you to think that um, you are um, 
you are uh, being given something. No, this is actually saying that you are able to do something. You are going to be able to do something. I read it again. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. If I could read that in another um, if I can read that in another version, the English Standard Version, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's not even clear enough. Let me see if I can find something even clearer. Um, let me see what the message says. Let me see what the message says in this one. Uh, the message always paraphrases. I can't get with that. Sometimes it's just not enough let's you know what let's look at the uh new american standard let me see what the new american standard says and god is able to make all things i'm sorry and god is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything you may have an abundance for for every good deed and i think that's probably the best one yeah that's a good one let me read it one more time and God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. See, so this is just God is going to make sure that when the time comes and you need to do something, you got it. That's what that one is saying. Um, and now let's go to Second Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And this goes hand in hand with Second uh, Corinthians 9, 8, 12, 9 is saying the same thing. God is going to make you able to do something. My grace is sufficient when you think you can't go on god's got your back god's got your back whatever it is and let me tell you um games on the man and this is you know i don't really want to put myself out there like that because i'm again this isn't about me but this is a personal personal time of testimony you hear what i'm saying and so my business um, is something that i've wanted to do for years and years and years now here i am 40 about to be 41 and when I was 25, I wanted to do this. When I was 30, I wanted to do this. And and I love my family so much that I've constantly had to have a job. And there were times in my life where I took on two jobs to make sure we could make ends meet. Um, and now at the time of 40, I, I was looking or in my thir late 30s, I was thinking, you know, I really want to do this. I really, really don't want to continue teaching. I want to focus on my passion and God made it happen. Um, and now I'm struggling because I'm relying on my wife. I'm relying on her job to help pay the bills and make ends meet. And I'm struggling to make something of my passion. And it's hard. It's not only hard on me because I'm sitting here eating food that I haven't worked hard for, um, that I've, that my wife is actually providing for me. Um, and that my wife is providing for my kids and I'm still trying to be the husband, the leader 
and still work hard and it doesn't seem to be fruitful. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 really speaks to me. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Listen, I feel weak. I feel like a nobody. And Paul is saying here, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I have to be able to say, you know, God, let your will be done. And God, allow me to keep going. Give me your grace. Give me your mercy so that I can keep going so that people can see your power. Philippians 4.13, another powerful, powerful verse. I mean, all they're all they're all powerful. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, that's a good one. So when you think that um, you can't do it, God says you can do all things. What about if you think you can't manage, right? Um, God says, I will supply all your needs, Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, what about when you are afraid? I am afraid. God says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, for the spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. This is a good one, guys, because you need to be self-disciplined. And I told my friend the other day, we were talking about some things, and I said, hey, God's going to help you, but he's not going to do it for you. You have to be able to do it for yourself, and God will give you the tools when you need it. But 2 Timothy says, you know, he's given us that power of self-discipline. And then finally, when you feel all alone, when you feel like there's nobody else there for you, God says, I will never leave you. And that is Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Um, and these, and this is the last thing I'm going to say because I reached my 30-minute mark. When you feel like there are things in your life that you cannot do, you need to go into the Bible and you need to read God's word and you need to pray, pray earnestly for God to be with you um, because you cannot do it alone. You must have Jesus Christ in your life. Family, that is my time. I love you. I appreciate you. As always, email me anonymous at cross discourse dot I'm sorry, I'm, not, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Email me at crossdiscourse at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the rest of your time this week and this day. I love you and I'll be praying for you. Peace.